This is BioBusters Professors Hanging Out Talking Science, episode number 51, recorded on February 24th, 2022. Hello, folks. You are listening to the podcast about all things science. I am Dr. Abby Abdallah. I am here with Dr. Foner. How are you? Good. It's been a little bit of time. We've had between both of us <laughs> a very, been, very busy, uh, eight busy plus. January and February. Yeah. Yeah. Eight weeks plus. Yeah. It's definitely been, uh, it's been hard getting together and trying to, you know, even sit down for half an hour and get something out. But that's what comes with, I guess, becoming more affluent at, uh, at our respective institutions, right? Affluent. I'm Is that what sure. I said? I don't, I don't know if that's the right word. You, affluent. <laughs> what, what is the definition of affluent? Well, well known I, I, maybe, or does it, does it include wealth? I thought, it, I mean, not to brag, but with every year that goes by in every a position, cost I of guess living adjustment get. doesn't count. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, maybe not. A- affluent maybe. means a great deal of money. You're wealthy. So I, oh, I think you meant, yeah. you meant something else. Okay, influential. How about that? How, yeah, I, yeah, that's better. That's better. Definitely not affluent. <laughs> I think <laughs> not, the, at least I think not the key, to me. I don't know. I think you. the keyword there is great deal of money. <laughs> Even a little bit wealthier would have been okay. But yeah, all right, yeah, all right. I know. Yeah, I know about you. I how gotcha. about that? Uh, how about uh, how about that war uh, over in Europe? Yeah, that's not looking good, is it? Um, yeah. Uh, I'll be interested how the, like what the repercussions are, um, you know. Well, I, I hope it doesn't escalate uh, past to what already it has escalated. I mean, it looks like it's going to be bad, but I hope it does not involve more countries than than it needs to. Yeah, I hope it doesn't spread. I hope we don't feel too many aftershocks here. Oh, we will. Uh, we will. I'm, you know, I'm, gas, yeah, gas no, is going to get affected. I think there, there will be economic pain worldwide, but yeah. Um, and and actual pain. Pe- people will die. People yeah. have already died, right? This is uh, stuff. But you know, not not I guess the full purview of this podcast. But uh, from a pandemic standpoint, uh, wars are bad for disease uh, mm-hmm. because they spread with wars. Yeah. So hopefully, this doesn't reignite or restart any because you know things are starting to die down a little bit or at least become a little bit more manageable when it comes to cases and whatnot. Am I wrong? Yeah. Case numbers from the Omicron variant have, have dropped down for sure in terms of new cases daily. Uh, Vaccine numbers have continued, continued to go up. Which is good. Which is good. Excellent. Yeah. Case numbers have gone down and it seems uh, like, it seems like we're approaching a slow transition back to, more normal than maybe we've been in quite a while, which I'm sure we'll talk in about the entire that. pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, you know, we can touch about that a bit. Let's, uh, yep. let's do today's birthday. Not really a scientist, but, uh, uh, he, yeah, this person ahead. was definitely affluential and influential. Um, <laughs> For sure. uh, the one and only, uh, Steve jobs. So yeah. Born February 24th, 1955, and died October 5th, 2011. It, I don't know why, maybe it's because he's still kind of around per se with 
you know, the iPhones and the iPads and Apple just continuing to be a presence in all of our lives, but it doesn't feel like he's been gone for what close to 11 years now. Yeah, it's been a while. And, uh, uh it was, uh, what liver cancer, uh, pancreatic think, liver yeah. cancer, I think it was, I'll, yeah. I'll double check that, but, um, but yeah, I mean, talk about, about talk about a person who changed pretty much everybody's lives on the planet who has access to that technology. Um, American inventor, entrepreneur who in 1976 with Steve Wozniak co-founded Apple Inc. with the purpose of manufacturing personal computers. And either as an inventor or co-inventor, he was responsible for almost 338 patents, which that's is a good number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, number. and again, for for somebody who's well known for only a few singular and specific devices, he was responsible for quite a bit. I mean, he he was he was a busy guy. Um, well, you know, some some of those some of those could be like uh, you know, so like the iPhone, for example, would would have more than one patent, right? Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, within within the technology itself, there could be a few. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny because you know he had initial success with the Apple II series of PCs or personal computers, and then um, the Macintosh came along and was pretty revolutionary at the time for its mouse-driven graphical interface. And over the subsequent years and I guess decades, you know, iPods came along, then iPhones, then iPads. I mean, again, like we had said really revolutionized technology and personal technology. Uh, I remember back when I was in, but that have been college when iPhones were maybe first starting to come out whenever oh, I five, first, Oh, six, maybe. Okay. So right at the end of high school, when I was I th- just I going think, to college. I think right around there, right. Was the first iPhone in Oh six somewhere around there. I thought that only the rich had iPhones. I remember <laughs> walking through the mall and seeing like, Oh, wow. Uh, there's the AT&T store with the big, I mean, it, you know, they used to be very big, the iPhones and thinking, well, if I'm ever rich enough, once I get out of college to afford an iPhone and now every year trade in or every two or three yeah, years trade in. You have made fans. Oh, yeah. I mean, in that respect, <laughs> I guess I'm happy and proud of myself that I can get an iPhone. Yeah. Mm. So but, first released in uh, June 29th of 07. Okay. And uh, he did die of pancreatic neuroendocrine tumor. Oh, geez. That's a, a rare form of pancreatic cancer. That really sucks. Yeah. Well, he's definitely left his mark and. Uh, in more I mean, in, in more than one way, for sure. Oh, iPhones yeah. have changed lives across the planet, for sure. Yep. And, you know, have made uh, technology that much more accessible in people's hands. And yes applications uh, say twitter facebook things like that they've been they've been known to topple regimes you know did you uh did you ever watch the movie with michael fassbender called steve jobs i think no i don't think i have so the movie is really cool in that it spotlights three different years or three different launches of a product i think the first kind of third of the movie is about the Apple II, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. The next third of the movie is about when he had been ousted from Apple and uh-huh. was developing yeah, I, his own uh-huh. thing. And then came but, back. Yeah. But according to the movie, and I don't know if it's true or not, but the guy, the director must have done his homework. 
he only did this offshoot company because he was angling and strategizing to put enough pressure on Apple and almost fear on Apple to bring him back. back. Yep. And then uh, when he, the third, the final third of the movie is about uh, the Mac. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, so I have seen a movie about that story. I wonder if this is the movie that I have seen. Is there another one that there is? There's there's one with Ashton Kutcher. That's it's, the one I've seen. Okay. No. Yeah, that's the one I've seen. Okay. I gotta look up this Fastbender one. The I like other Fassbender one is an actor. Oh, he's great. But the, yeah. the this one I'm talking about is vastly superior to um Ashton Kutcher. I, oh, I can yeah. tell you that I'll right now. It it's definitely it worth it. It's anytime it's on, it's one of those movies where if I'm doing something and it's, I have to get something done, I have to turn the movie off because I will, I, I, I will Start just watching. pay full yeah. attention. Yeah. It's great. All right. Well, let's uh, switch gear to some uh, science in the news. So we've got a slightly different episode today. So we're going to talk about, you know, an update on the numbers, coronavirus, talk about where we think that's headed. And uh, we're just going to talk about two major uh, news articles uh, related to science that came came out this week and last week and sort of explain the science behind us. So uh, why don't you uh, tell us some numbers? So worldwide cases of COVID at 431.1 million uh, deaths worldwide are at about 5.9 million. Uh, cases in the U.S. are at approximately 80 million, and U.S. deaths are near 967,000. Approaching so, a million there. That's going to be... Yeah, isn't that... That's crazy. I Two mean, years that, and yeah. close to a million, that's... Approaching whew. a million. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the U.S., for the vaccination effort, um, individuals partially vaccinated account for about 12%, fully vaccinated about 65%. So going up and total, including those partial vaccinations coming in at 76, uh, about 77%. And you know, a good number of the unvaccinated have already had it. My guess in terms, if you're counting the total number of those who are immune or have some immunity, either from the vaccine or from the uh, uh, infection, Yep. my, my guess is that number is in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Speculation on our on my end, but I I, th- I think it's up there. I think it's healthy speculation and a very good educated um, guess to yeah to think that uh, globally, ten point six five billion doses have been provided around the world. Sixty two point six percent of the world's population has received at least one dose, which is very good news. Twelve point three percent of people in low income countries have received at least one dose. So in terms of this kind of positive picture that we're painting here, uh, those individuals in low-income countries still need to do a little bit of work there to drive that number up. Yeah, and uh, you know, part of that is uh, we talked about vaccine equity. We talked about supply of vaccines. We talked yep. about how they're not getting, you know. And now the world's attention, honestly, uh, is focused somewhere else. I, I think. With, with the Ukraine stuff, I yep. don't think anybody anybody's uh, paying attention to coronavirus. No, which if you think about it, it's been almost two years of nonstop COVID in the news. That's been just beginning of every newscast, COVID, COVID, COVID. Yeah. Now, and this is a bad thing, not a positive thing, but now, unfortunately, the shift away from COVID 
is due to what's going on with the Ukraine. So, yeah, that no, that's going to be bad uh, for everyone. I think uh, it's going to be bad for everyone. But yeah. Um, so in terms of uh, Omicron news, there's a sub variant of the Omicron that is uh, gaining speed in the U.S. The uh, CDC and the Health uh, Department, Health Administration, they're saying they're tracking it. You know, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It's like I think like BA.2 or something like that. Well, I, f- I forget the exact number, but there's an Omicron subvariant that's becoming more dominant in the US. And I read an article about genome analysis saying it is as far away from Omicron as some of the earlier variants were away from each other, like the Alpha and the Delta or whatever. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah. Uh, again, we've it's been a theme of our show in terms of we provide information on these, of course. We update our numbers whenever we record. And then two track. weeks later, we're proven wrong. <laughs> that, that too. And of course, of course, and w- when anything changes, we're the first ones to address it within, you know, our own episodes. But at the same time, it's hopefully starting to become just, okay, these variants, as they pop up, the variants are going to continue to come, Right. Uh, this thing is going to be sticking around with oh, us. Yeah, it's not going. It's not going anywhere. It's it's yeah. going to become endemic. We've talked about this many times. Yeah. As long as people's immunity either wanes or is not there, the variants the variants will happen. I agree. Yep. Great. So we've got a couple. We've got two things that you know popped up in the news and. Um. One is a patient who got cured of HIV. Mm-hmm. And the other one is uh, two patients who uh, have been cured of leukemia. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's uh, let, let's talk about these two. And uh, I, th- I think uh, I think it'll be interesting for our listeners to hear about both. So, um, I don't know how you want to do this. We can, we, uh, I can do it. You can pepper me with questions or whatever works, but, um, so So, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I guess for our listeners, what is the kind of background on HIV kind of like the historical background? I mean, for me and you, I would say we have a pretty good knowledge of this because we both were kind of no we, we should break it down for the listeners for sure you know uh, it's funny because we did hiv in one of my lectures i think two weeks ago maybe mm-hmm. and one of the early i don't know I'm, I'm sure you know this but one of the early scientists to work on hiv and figure out mechanism of viral load versus antibodies versus uh, cd4 t-cell numbers was mm-hmm. A dot Fauci, Anthony Fauci. And uh, one of my students was like, oh, so you mean to tell me he's the face of two pandemics now? I'm like, yeah, (laughs) he kind of Yeah, wow. I mean, think about it. Yeah. (laughs) He kind of is the face of two pandemics. And um, so this first case was reported at the Conference on Retroviruses and Opportunistic Infections that was held in Colorado uh, this month. And it's a woman cured of HIV by using umbilical cord blood. And HIV is a global pandemic, still is a pandemic, uh, has been around uh, as a virus since at least the 60s or so, but did not kind of become a full pandemic till around the 80s. 
And worldwide today, there's nearly 40 million or so, 38, 39 million people infected with HIV or living with HIV. And uh, 70 some, 75% of those are maybe receiving some sort of treatment, an antiviral treatment or something like that. The thing about HIV that makes it challenging uh, to treat uh, is that the virus inserts its genome into your own genome when it infects you. So the viral genome really becomes part of your own DNA, right? So, yeah. but this is an RNA virus, right? So the it infects a cell, enters a cell. RNA has to be converted to the DNA, and then the DNA gets inserted into your own host genome, right? And to do the the, the conversion from RNA to DNA, the virus has its own enzyme. It's called the reverse transcriptase. And to do the integration of the DNA of the virus into your host cell DNA, it uses an integrase. And eventually, every time you go to make a protein and you're copying or translating your DNA, transcribing, then translating, but you're, you're making a you're reading the DNA to make a protein, you also read the viral DNA, make a, make a viral protein there and make more virus effectively, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's a self-replicating machinery. Yeah, it's it's insane, right? Yep. And, and and that's what makes it hard to treat because mm -hmm. the you, you can get rid of all the viruses, right? But the genome is in your own cells. It's hard it's to there. cut that. It's there out, to stay. Right? Yeah, exactly. So the your best odds for treatment really is to uh, use enzymes, uh, basically, or, or use drugs that inhibit those enzymes, inhibit reverse transcriptase, inhibit integrase, inhibit protease, etc. Right. So you can use that. So there isn't any cure for the infection, right? You, you have many treatment options, but the virus to enter the cell needs to use a receptor, it needs to bind to a protein on the surface of the cell to enter. And it uses a co-receptor, it uses another molecule that it also binds to the to enter. So one of those co-receptors is this molecule called CCR5, right? And there's another one called CXCR4, but it, it doesn't matter really the naming for, uh, for the purpose of this discussion, really. But what we need to know is that the virus uses these proteins that are found on the surface of cells, binds to them, enters the cell. There are some people, and almost all of them are of Caucasian descent, where they don't have those proteins on the surface of the cell. So mm -hmm. even though they can get infected with HIV, the virus cannot enter their cells because it does not have the receptor it needs, the co-receptor it needs to enter the cell. So they're resistant to HIV infection. And there aren't a lot of those. It's a very, very small number. Yeah. I was, uh, I was looking it up, I think. Ooh, so th this is a very old... Um, citation from about 10 years ago, but that mutation in CCR5 back in around 2010 was associated with natural HIV immunity in about 10% of, of Caucasian, Caucasian people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very small number. And yeah. uh, Africans or, or, or Blacks, African-Americans, whatever, they, uh, they barely express this. If I remember correctly, it's, you know, in the 1%, 2%, right? Wow. Uh, so fast forward to a few weeks ago in this study. So there's this one patient, uh, she's a female, 
And she's of mixed race, I think. She's, uh, I don't know exactly what the race is, but she's of mixed race. She was diagnosed with HIV in 2013. And she was put on antiretroviral drugs. She controlled her viral, viral numbers where they became undetectable or what's called undetectable, meaning that the virus numbers are so low that we cannot detect them with even our best, most sensitive detection method, which is good. But in 2017, she was diagnosed with a cancer, acute myelogenous leukemia or AML. And pretty much one of the treatments for this is to sort of, you know, uh, replace those cells, right? So she received uh, what is pretty much a, a, uh, a cord transplant. She received an umbilical cord uh, blood uh, transplant, right? So those, those cells from this umbilical cord, she was, she was given those. And the donor had a mutation that blocked HIV entry. So as that graft took her new cells, all pretty much her new immune cells, right, all came from this donor. And then uh, even though she may still have, you know, made more virus because the genome is there, right, uh, they, they could not infect her anymore because uh, the new cells she has have a mutation that block HIV entry. Mm-hmm. So she became effectively resistant to HIV infection, and she has since been taken off antiretroviral therapy, and she remains HIV negative almost five years later. Which is insane. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And again, um, you know, that cocktail of, you know, uh, drugs that these patients, the um, antiretroviral drugs, Unless you have like decent insurance, those, you know, those aren't cheap, right? No, they're not. But I think there might be a lot of like um, community clinic, community health type clinics that that do offer them or offer help paying for them. Even Um, like the, even like, I guess the, and again, I don't know the specifics of how often you have to take them or what the- so once a day, again, I'm thinking back to like TV shows or older movies I've seen where when these cocktails first came around, the side effects, right, as you, they were trying to mess with the doses of the different antiretrovirals and like get a good balance of this quote unquote cocktail. Trying to figure it out. Yeah, but I mean, having to have that freedom of no longer needing to worry about that or take that or deal with any potential side effects or anything like that to be cured really is, I mean, that's just insane. I never thought I would see that or see progress on this in my lifetime because there's been so little progress in treating HIV in the last few decades to my knowledge. Yeah, Yeah. no, uh, you are correct. Very, very little, little out there in terms of cures. There have only been two previous cases of HIV cure so far before this one. There's uh, the one called the Berlin patient. He stayed virus-free for uh, 12 years, I think. He eventually died of cancer. And there was another patient, um, and he was later identified, I think his name was like Adam something. Uh, both of these patients received bone marrow 
transplants from donors who had the mutation to block HIV infection. Mm. And um, bone marrow transplants can be can be nasty, right? Bone marrow transplants, mm. even though you know they may help you get cured of your cancer, but there's a graft versus host disease where the yep. graft attacks the host rather than the host mm-hmm. attacking the graft, right? So, and that happens uh, uh, with with bone marrow transplants, but. It is an amazing, amazing achievement, nonetheless, yeah. because it's the first time umbilical cord blood was used uh, for HIV. And the second important part of it is that this is a person of mixed race, right? Previously, the uh, uh, the other two were uh, Caucasian, right? Who received donations from Caucasian individuals, right? So this is a a uh, person of mixed uh, race who received uh, an umbilical cord donation from uh, someone who was Caucasian descent because they have the mutation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, uh, great this- news, I think. I don't think this is, uh, I don't know how you feel, but I don't think this is going to be uh, mass marketable anytime soon. No, I don't believe so either, but at least it provides maybe a new avenue or opens up you know, new ways of thinking about potential, I guess, future mechanisms of maybe curing or, you know, slowing down the virus, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it does. I mean, and, and, you know, so like that bone marrow transplant thing, you're not going to do it just to cure HIV, you know, like Mm -hmm. in this case, it was to treat cancer. Yep. Right. Because I mean, to do a bone marrow transplant, you have to take an individual irradiate them, right? Kill mm-hmm. all of their immune cells to then replace it with bone marrow that then replaces their immune cells. It's a intensive. Uh, oh yeah. Pretty you, you're at risk of infection and this and that and yeah. death and you know graph quite dangerous. Host. Yeah. 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 It's not it's so in principle, uh, great to document this, great to sort of perform it. But um and I'm sure you remember we had an episode on it. In uh, medical ethics, maybe it was, we had an episode where so, we talked about the, uh, I I never followed up to see what happened with him. The Chinese doctor who yep, uh, used CRISPR-Cas mm-hmm. to delete uh, the CCR5 from two embryos Yep. Uh, before they were born. Yeah. Uh, he got in a... Got in a At lot the time, of he got in trouble. Yeah, I, I, I forgot what I, I never followed up to see what happened to him. But and his his uh, intent there was to prevent a future HIV infection, which was insane because mm-hmm. like, what makes you think there were going to be a risk of it anyway? You know. But anyway, um, I'm uh, well. While you're talking, I'm trying to find find that. Yeah, that's from a few years ago. Uh, let's see, back in. At the end of 2019. Yeah, I was going to say four years ago. Three, three years ago. in prison, he was sentenced to. He was. Okay. He was. Now that's sentencing. So, and with uh, COVID and everything, could that sentencing. No, he's in, he's, in, he's, in, he's in China. I don't, I don't think they, I don't think he, yeah, no, he went to prison. Yeah. This, I, this was not in the U.S., right? He got sentenced to prison in China. I would imagine so. Yeah, I do I don't think their COVID policies had anybody yeah. released from uh, prison. Yeah. Yeah. The Shenzhen Nanshan District People's Court sentenced him to. Oh, yeah. He, he went to prison. Yeah. Three years he imprisonment prison. and a three million 
Jan Fine. Yeah, he uh yeah, he he definitely What's got in some uh, trouble I'm there. Three million and to USD is twenty five thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Which I mean, well, I mean, for for someone in China, that might be a lot of money. I yeah, mean, still, yeah, it's a lot sure. of money in the US. <laughs> I mean, I'm just but saying, not comparing for three million that to ethical days. violation. Yeah, you yeah. Would think, yeah, in the US, you would hope they'd get fined more than that. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's the last update. Um, he's still serving time. So, all right. Okay, so, cool. switching gears to leukemia, while we're still in the cancer theme, on also a cure, but this one is is not for HIV. This one, so a paper just came out in Nature a few weeks ago, describing two patients who were, and I put this in quotation, who were cured of leukemia. So as you know. Can't say you don't yeah, usually on, use the word. Oncologists cure. rarely mm-hmm. use the word cure, right? They, they, mm-hmm. they usually use the term remission when describing a cancer, right? Because they're very careful. It can come back, et cetera, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But these patients both suffered from chronic lymphocytic leukemia, and these are B-cell tumors, right? So B-cells are these cells in your body that make antibodies, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they turn into plasma cells, and then the plasma cells make antibodies, right? But, but they're effectively your antibody-producing cells of the immune response, and they, they can go wrong. And if you have a B-cell tumor, you have B-cells multiplying out of control, you know, eventually uh, that'll cause a problem. So you have to get rid of those B cells, right? So you can do, you can try to do conventional methods for this, but, you know, roughly around 10, 15 years ago now, there's this new method that came on the market called CAR T cells. And I think we've mentioned CAR T cells on here before, Mm -hmm. but CAR T cells are, I think it stands for chimeric antigen receptor. I'm not sure. Might be right. I I think Uh, it's chimeric antigen receptor. Uh, But basically, you're taking a T cell, and a T cell normally has a finicky receptor on the surface, right? It has a receptor that cannot really recognize things on its own. It has to be told the T cell Mm -hmm. has to be, and T cell are these killer cells, right? CD8 T cells are these killer cells in the body. They can go down killing virus-infected cells or killing tumor cells. They're pretty good at killing tumor cells too. So when you get a some sort of like a carcinogenic or like a cell that's out of control in your body, CD8 T cell goes and, you know, bam, wax it out. Mm-hmm. And normally for the T cells to get turned on, to be activated, they need to have this other cell come and sort of present protein to the T cell and say to it, oh, by the way, We've got a tumor cell over there. Here's a protein of that tumor cell. Why don't you recognize this protein, get turned on, and go kill that cell? It has to be stimulated in a way. It's called antigen presentation. Yeah, yep. It has to be given instructions. Yeah, I like yep. that. And it's called antigen presentation. So they, they don't get turned on on their own. They have to be, you know, sort of get told to turn on. So what scientists did, which is brilliant, I think this is one of the most you know, amazing things to come out in the last 10, 15 years of immunology. They took these T cells and they changed the receptor on the surface. They put a receptor that can recognize the cancer cell immediately without having to be sort of presented to it. It doesn't have to like, this other cell doesn't have to come on and tell you, hey, by the way, get turned on, right? Mm-hmm. 
And this is called a CAR T cell. So basically, it's really an antibody. Uh, they, they, they took a, what looks like an antibody molecule, put it on a T cell, and then the antibody is against the cancer, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. The nice thing about this is that they take your own T cells. So you're a cancer patient. You have, uh, let's say, chronic lymphocytic leukemia. They take your own blood. They take your own T cells. They modify them, genetically engineer them effectively to produce this other receptor that recognizes your cancer. Then they put those cells back in you and then they go to work. They can like immediately recognize the cancer and kill it, right? Which is amazing. So it's a revolutionary yeah. idea in immunotherapy, blah, 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 but nothing new. But they did this on a couple, they've done it on a lot of people now. There have been thousands of people treated with CAR T cells. But these two guys that they followed now for almost 10, 11 years are cancer free, mm -hmm. right? So, which is amazing, right? Yeah. And so now these doctors and oncologists, whatever, they're confident in saying cure rather than remission, right? Mm. Yeah. The disadvantage of this treatment, obviously, is that it attacks, it's a B-cell tumor, right? So these CAR T-cells are against B-cells. They attack B-cells. So mm -hmm. basically, they go in and kill all of your B-cells. Which drives down your immunity significantly. Oh, yeah. You're going to not be able to make antibodies anymore. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. We can inject you with antibodies as you need them. Yep. Right. So, uh, you know, people who are uh, who have this kind of immunocompromisation get regular infusions of antibodies and they, Which they trade off. I mean, they do. OK. Oh, yeah. exactly. I, I, <laughs> I think I would the take the regular trains, yeah. <laughs> the regular injections or infusions of antibodies. Yeah, I would take I, I'd any take day over. I yep. take it, too. And your main antibody in the in the body, the uh, it's called immunoglobulin G. IgG subtype has a half-life of, you know, 23, 24 days, right? Yeah. So you can, you, you can get an injection and be fine for, for months or, you mm -hmm. know, a month or two, and then you get another one, you know, et cetera, so on and so forth. Yeah. Not, not the worst thing considering no, the alternative. No, absolutely. But obviously, you know, CAR T cells, they're highly toxic, right? They can kill things pretty quickly. So uh, some people have serious side effects, uh, mm -hmm. fevers, high fevers, uh, dangerously low blood pressure, uh, swelling, uh, seizures. Uh, so it, it comes with its problems. But, and I was surprised to learn this today when I was looking this up. I, I thought, I, I guess I haven't been keeping up. <laughs> I thought we only had a few CAR T-cell uh, therapies, but there are five currently FDA approved. Yeah. And uh, they're all for uh, some sort of myeloma, lymphoma, leukemia. Yeah. And, you know, they have weird names as most, most drug usages have. Yescarta, Ticartis, Abecma, you know, so on. Camiria, Camira, yeah. But, you know, these things are terrible at solid tumors. They're pretty good at these sort of cellular free-floating yeah. tumors. They're, they're terrible at solid tumors. So they, they don't work for those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, again, it's definitely progress. And the fact that you can elicit what appears to be a full on cure in these afflicted individuals, the fact, I don't know if I've ever seen that where people who had cancer are now being considered cured. You never hear of that. No, you never, hear never see this that. This is new. This yes. month, 
was the first time the word cure of, with cancer was used in a serious scientific conversation. Obviously, and they, they don't they don't throw, they don't throw that around. No. Uh, they but don't. There, there are a few hacks out there that claim you can cure. Uh, cancer, but, but from the from true scientists <laughs> and medical medical practitioners, you never ever hear the word yeah. cure. You, you you're you're lucky, and you get very happy when you hear the word remission. Remission. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So this is definitely a very a very big and considerable step forward. I agree. I agree. One hundred percent. I mean, you know, the the reason this is significant is that these patients have been cancer free for over ten years now. I know. Right? Yep. So yeah, no, this is uh this is uh pretty uh pretty good pretty good stuff, right? And um the but the surprising thing about this study, uh and which is why it was published in Nature, uh they found out that these CAR T cells took over the T cell repertoire wow. of these patients. Hmm where they had expected them to sort of die off after a while, after, mm -hmm. you know, sort of the cancer uh, was gotten rid of or the, all the cancer cells were killed, the T cells were not needed by the body, that there would be some sort of like uh, a, a, a lowering of the number of these T cells. It turns out that wasn't the case. It turns out that um, in these patients, these the majority of their cells now are CAR T cells. Which is, I mean good you know taking over having that unintended side effect i just hope that the symptoms that we were talking about this possible toxic symptoms and after effects you know the confusion yeah. possible like seizures effects in the central nervous system things like that just have to be very careful in terms of monitoring that and treating those possible symptoms but yeah yeah so in 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 my mind in my mind uh you can, and I'm trying to think of the name. So I think you can put a kill switch on these CAR T cells. Wow, that's cool. Right? So you can basically have the CAR T cell be produced like you normally produce it. But mm -hmm. in addition to that, on the surface of the T cell, uh, put uh, basically an on-off switch, right? So... Uh, put a put a kill switch on it. So when you come in, say, I don't know, so the cancer is in remission a year later or six months later, whatever, mm -hmm. you come in and you basically inject uh, a substance that engages the kill switch to kill all the CAR T cells and leave the other T cells uh, alone, right? That's, that's just, I don't know, that's wild. That's the... The advantages and the intricacies of, I guess, modern medicine and how we're able to manipulate and affect these tiny, tiny, tiny little receptors oh, in yeah. these cells. Oh, yeah. It's just, again, hopefully these advances continue and these innovations over. If if if, the, if this keeps rolling and we ride this momentum, then who knows? Maybe in our lifetime, we are using the word cure for other. Yeah, cancers, yeah. solid tumor cancers, yeah. maybe. No, absolutely. So, I mean, in, in my mind, and there are, uh, well, yeah, I mean, with solid tumors, it's, it's hard because, you know, you gotta, you gotta reach all of it. Right. So, you, yep. you know, uh, uh, so access sort of stoichiometric geometric access of these cells is difficult, yeah. but, 
But yeah, so I think I think the ones with the switch off signal is going to be the future of CAR T cells. And mm-hmm. instead of switch off, you could also have switch on. I don't see why you can't have switch on signal where you inject them. They're not active. You got to inject the drug, the second drug to activate to be the from on switch. Up. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. So. I think, and you know, you can uh, you can use anything. You can use an apoptosis, you know, cell death, caspase nine, whatever. Like, there's different yeah, yeah. ways to do it, but I, th- I think that's the future, man. Okay, that'll be pretty cool to see. Hopefully, yeah. The issue with it, and this will be our last thought because I know you have to go, is cost, right? Mm. This is such an individualized treatment. We gotta take your T cells and take them to a lab and modify them, and then you know, inject them back into you. Right. So not very accessible to everybody. No, no, no. Yeah. This is, I mean, I think one of them is about $700,000 for oh. treatment. So if your insurance does not pay for that and you don't have the money, then I guess you're back wow. to conventional treatments. Um, yeah. Or you can't find, you know, whatever the company is not working with you or you can't find someone to pay for it. Some of these guys, these two guys were in clinical trials. So they got lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So they were in clinical trials. But uh yeah, we're talking 500, 600, 700, depending on the depending on the what we're doing with your T cell, right? So this is this is yeah. not cheap. This is not cheap. Well, maybe one day, I don't know. If if it might get cheaper, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I would hope so, but maybe insurance covers some of that. I mean, for if it was five hundred thousand dollars, unless I have a very, very good GoFundMe campaign, I'm not. I would never access to no. that treatment. So, no. but you know, I think, I think now that I think more about, it, I think it can be done in a way where you can have these in a lab ready to go for anyone. You just gotta okay. knock out. You just gotta remove all the mm-hmm. proteins on the surface of the T cell that normally people react to in terms of organ rejection, right? Okay. All the MHCs, whatever. You, you can remove yeah, yeah. all of those and only have the CAR T receptor plus I guess, the other receptors it needs to survive and like sort of do its killing, right? Mm-hmm. You can, maybe you could do that. If you remove all the proteins that are normally antigenically rejected, then maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good point. I'm sure someone is working on that. I'm it's sure. not me. <laughs> So that's it, man. Any uh, anything else you want to talk about, discuss? I think uh, sweet, I think so. I small, think that's pretty cool. Uh, small episode. Yeah, I think uh, those were some really cool studies, and maybe we can revisit topics like these every few episodes. You know, what's the most recent innovative study that has kind of come out, and I think what are the major implications? I think people are yeah. tired of coronavirus, man. Yeah, I if we like, I, like we've been talking about. I think our coronavirus thing today was short and sweet. If we continue along those lines, provide the update, yeah. move on, and yeah. then talk about cool science, innovative science that's been happening. That's We'll that's try cool. to do less immunology so I don't dominate the conversation. Well, next episode, I'll <laughs> think give of... you give you something to, talk, to, to you know talk about. Yeah, next episode, I'll come up with something fizz heavy. Don't worry. All right, cool, cool. All right, man. I guess uh, that's it for our episode. And uh, we thank you, our listeners and viewers. If you're watching, you can email us at thebiobusters at gmail.com. Make sure to check out our Instagram page, subscribe and share. 
Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Daily Motion, everywhere. We have links to all of these in the show notes. Uh, please follow and share. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Thank you.